This is Gridiron Graduates, a weekly podcast covering all things football. Episode number 53, No Shave Radio, recorded November 16th, 2016. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's your boy Velocetti hitting you guys back up on another edition of the Gridiron Graduates. Hope you all had a good week. Thanks for dropping by and coming back. As always, joined by my man Ian Wharton. What's going on, my man? How you doing? Hey, man. Things are uh, things are good here. Recovering, uh, totally over actually. Uh, stomach flu from last weekend, which was very poorly timed, as uh, I was out and about. Um, but things are good. I'm 100% back to back to uh, eating real food again, which is always nice. So uh, nice. things are good, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting over being sick myself, so it, what's, it's a good time. Uh, man, it's crazy to think we're 10 weeks into the season already. You know, we're, we're, we're starting to hit the home stretch already. Seven, just seven weeks left. Um, you know, teams are obviously jockeying for, for position. We're getting ready for a playoff run. It never ceases to amaze me how fast the NFL season just flies by. I mean, it feels like just yesterday we were gearing up for the preseason. Now we're getting ready for week 11 already. Yeah, it's it's incredible, man. Like, the middle of the year, um, you know, it, it takes no time at all to get here. And then next thing you know, we're going to be staring the playoffs in the face and a lot of folks' teams are going to be totally out of the race, and and you know they're going to be mourning their teams, and uh, unfortunately focusing on the draft. But um, you know that's why we talk about it. You just kind of got to cherish every week, and even if your team's not doing too hot, because it's gone in a flash. So um, fall season definitely um, goes pretty quickly, and we're we're definitely experiencing that right now, man. Like you said, we're in the home stretch for. For games and and there's really no more pressure than there will be now until the playoff season for a lot of these teams to to step up and win a game. Yeah, for sure. And we'll kind of jump into the playoff picture a little bit later on in the show. But uh, obviously, some some big things, a couple of bits of news that happened. We'll touch on first. Uh, first thing we'll talk about is the suspension of. Alshon Jeffrey got busted for performance-enhancing drugs. He suspended four games as the uh, downward spiral of the Chicago Bears continue for the season. It's just been seemingly one thing after another. Uh, just a mess of a season for them. They lose Alshon Jeffrey to suspension. They've also lost Kyle Long to injury for the rest of the season. Um... You know, not that that offense has re- had really produced much of anything, especially with Jay Cutler. You know, it's unfortunately Cutler hasn't hadn't really shown much lately, and now he's got to work with a subpar receiver core at least for the next four weeks, and for the rest of the season he'll not be without his uh, his best offensive lineman. So things kind of went from bad to worse there in Chicago, but. At least they have the Cubs' World Series title to kind of hang their hats on. 
Yeah, I mean, this it's a tough break for them. They've invested a lot into that roster in uh, recent years, and especially, you know, mixing in veterans and, and some really good free agency signings. Like, I think they've had good off-seasons in general, but it just shows you where that roster was when this regime took over. And, um, you know, they, they're under a lot of pressure now entering this offseason. They've got to figure out what to do with quarterback. I don't think bringing Jay Cutler back is a smart decision. Just considering the money and where the roster is, like the only way you bring him back, I think, is if you take a quarterback high in the draft and you just decide, okay, we're gonna we're gonna redshirt this quarterback as long as possible this season um, until something goes wrong and really we're forced to do something else. So it's hard. To, it's gonna be hard to upgrade him though too, and so. It just depends. It depends on their ownership. Is their ownership going to be patient enough to say, okay, John Fox, are we going to give you the time that you need to develop a young quarterback? Or are we going to be like the Titans and fire you um, eight, week, eight weeks into the season if you know 2017 doesn't start out how we want it to start out, even if you're starting a, a rookie quarterback? So um, that's a tough, tough position to be in. Um, Historically, they're going to give uh, a team with a young quarterback a little bit more slack, but every ownership group is different. And we've seen in recent years, you know, Lovey Smith, he also was fired. Um, So Dirk Carter took over in Tampa Bay. So that that type of patience I don't think exists across the league very often anymore. And so it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I feel bad for Jay Cutler. He's, He's a subpar quarterback. You know, I don't think... I don't think he's anything better than that. He's maybe average, but I think he could catch on elsewhere and still be a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's just that's the situation of the quarterback position in the NFL. But clearly, I think right now with the with the uh, with the Bears, he's just kind of reached the end of the line. Unless if they're they, they're going to give him one more chance to lead a veteran roster. Yeah, and I've seen a couple times the people like to point to the Jets as a potential landing spot for Cutler in 2017, which would uh, probably not be the best of landing spots, but, I mean, it'd be an interesting match, to say the least, him playing for uh, for Todd Bowles there in Chan Gailey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would make sense in terms of the need. The Jets are clearly one of the teams with a need at quarterback, um, and I think Cutler would be a, a sizable upgrade, actually. As, as, as much as I don't think Cutler is, is good, um, we know Fitzpatrick's not good. So, you know, it, he, that's one of several posi- uh, teams across the league. I think he'd be an upgrade. Um, I, you know, just kind of going through some depth charts across the NFL. Obviously, I, I think the Jets, the, the Browns, um, the Texans, would be another one, the Jaguars, um, the Broncos, although the Broncos have Paxton Lynch, and I'm sure they're going to want to push him. And and Simeon's kind of like Cutler. I mean, both those guys are limited. It's kind of funny, though, the Broncos, uh, seeing as they had him. Um, and then you can maybe argue San Francisco. And that's probably it. That's probably it. And so guys like Tony Romo, if he comes available and... Also for for Cutler, maybe even Arizona with Carson Palmer. Carson Carson Palmer's been terrible this year uh, for the most part. So, you know, considering that, 
those are teams that might take a look at him and and just offer him a starting job right away. And, you know, that's an interesting decision for some of those teams. Obviously, I don't think San Francisco is going to be interested at all just because they're such a young team. They need to get a, a rookie out there playing right away, I think, and, and start getting that experience and building up that roster for uh, for Chip Kelly. So, um, But, man, it's, uh, it's going to be tough out there. There's going to be some veteran quarterbacks with big names that have really bad stigmas against them and limited playoff um, success and experience on their resume, but... So goes the life of an NFL quarterback. If you can play the position fairly decently, you're going to get a lot of opportunities to start across this league. And and Cutler's one of those guys. You know, I, again, people feel very strongly about him. I think on both sides, but especially more on the negative side. But to me, I kind of fall in the middle on him. I say he's not especially good, but he is someone that he can upgrade a roster. But I, I think Chicago, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be to be tough for them to, to keep him at that salary. Yeah, I agree. You know, you're probably looking at the last few weeks here for Cutler in Chicago. The other bit of those we need to touch on, we've talked in the past, of course, about the, the uh, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo kind of quarterback debate. Well, it, it got settled this week, It's at least for now. Tony Romo will be active, but he will be the backup. Dak Prescott will keep his job as a starter as the Cowboys take on the Ravens this week. You know, I, I'm sure it was a tough decision for sure, you know, especially for Jerry Jones and that big contract putting Romo on the bench. But even Romo said himself that you know, Dak's earned the right to be the quarterback. Now, whether he truly means that or if that's just player speak, we don't know. But um, you know, I mean, at eight and one, it's yeah, it's hard to make those changes when you're winning. And uh, we saw it last year actually with the with the Jets, uh, Fitzpatrick wasn't playing especially great. I know people will point to the stats, but he still wasn't playing great. I think that, and it's proved that his weapons were doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And this year, with Brandon Marshall not quite doing as well, well. It's not a surprise that Fitzpatrick's not doing as well. Um, but, you know, and that's not to say that Dak is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not. He's much better already. Like, that's, I think that's pretty clear. I don't think that's a, a statement that's going to draw much ire from from anybody because, you know, Dak is, has played very well. But, um, you know, I've been on record saying that I think, um, I think Romo should play. But I understand this decision. I, I don't think this is a dumb decision. You've got a guy who's playing great football right now. Why would you change that? Um, so I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. I think that he's seeing the game well right now. Um, obviously, with Ezekiel Elliott, with a dominant performance again. Elliott needs 137 yards per game on average the rest of the season to get to 2,000 rushing yards as a rookie. So he has a chance to get there. This offensive line is playing fantastic game uh, ball. Jason Garrett's making the game easy for Dak Prescott, and Dak, Dak Prescott's taking full advantage, um, which is very impressive. So he's uh, he's understanding defensive concepts, understanding the route schemes as far as where he needs to be looking, uh, how to look off the safeties. He's been doing well in that, that regard. So it's the nuances that he's playing as if he's a veteran. So I, I can't fully disagree with that decision. I, it, it's a great 
Um, it's a great thing for the Cowboys, but it's going to leave them in a hairy situation, I think, this offseason with Tony Romo. Um, as, as much as Tony Romo is a veteran's veteran and a great man um, and, and definitely definitely a leader, I think someone with a $24 million cap hit next season, just inevitably you're going to have to do something with that, whether that's trade him, cut him. Um, you can cut him, designate him as a June 1st cut, get him out of there and save that salary. Someone's going to have an opportunity to get someone that was once a great, great quarterback, even if he is fragile. Yeah, no, well said. And um, no, you're, you're right. Even even if he comes back, you know, sometime this year, yeah, you're not going to stick a quarterback with a twenty-four million dollar cap hit on the bench for 2017. So. <laughs> It'll be quite interesting to see what they do this offseason. You know, it'll be it'll be a storyline to watch. Now, of course, it's it's all about you know can the Cowboys hang on to that top seed and get home field advantage and potentially make a run to the Super Bowl. You know, because see, certainly Seattle's right on their tails, um, but I think you know it's pretty safe to say that uh, there could very well be those two teams playing. For the NFC, for the NFC title, uh, in about two plus months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and how with uh, Seattle looked this past week against New England, I think those are the two teams that you're looking at: Seattle and Dallas, and saying, okay, these might be the two teams that it comes down to. And and obviously, the the NFL always throws us for loops. And so once we get to the playoffs, some crazy stuff always happens, but. Um, to me right now, those are the two best NFC teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of look at the playoff picture, and we'll go ahead and start in the NFC since we're talking about the Cowboys and Seahawks. Um, NFC East right now, obviously the Cowboys have a pretty comfortable lead. They're two games up on the Giants at 8-1, and one, the Giants at 6-3. and three. Redskins at five, three, and one. The Eagles sitting at five and four. So every team in the division has a winning record, which is nice. Um, yeah. What's killing the Eagles is they're zero and three in the division. So that's going to hurt when it comes to tiebreakers. But obviously, as we said, you know Dallas right now is the class of the East. But uh, you know there's certainly a possibility here that this division could send three teams to the playoffs right now. The Giants and the Redskins would both be in, and the Eagles obviously are right there. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're going to be doing um, we're going to be doing elimination. I think you know we did this earlier in the season. We eliminated the Browns, 49ers from playoff contention. Obviously, now we've got a lot more to work off of uh, past the midpoint of the season. I don't think you can eliminate any of these teams from the playoffs. I think you're right. You got three teams out of this division that could realistically potentially make the playoffs. So um, I think this is going to be a fight down to the end of the season. And the only thing I'm worried about is I'm looking at the Eagles and I'm saying, you guys are one and four on the road. Now you're four and oh at home, which that's fantastic. And you have the second biggest point differential in the division, in the division, this season, they've got 66 points as their point differential, right behind the Cowboys, um, who have 85, 88. Um, 
Giants actually have a negative point differential, and the Redskins only have a three-point point differential. So, so that tells me Philadelphia is a better team than those two teams. But they're they're losing on the road, and you've got to win more games on the road if you if you're gonna have a chance to win the wild card. So, um, but they're they're only I think a game back. Yeah, it looks like they're um there's a game back of the Giants here for that wild card. So they're definitely in the mix. Um, the Giants have also won four straight. So. They got a bit of an uphill climb, but they're going to have the opportunity to to get back in this pretty quickly. And I've mentioned this before, and a nice thing for the Eagles, the way their schedule plays out, is that three of their last four are all their home division games. So, especially now with them being right in the mix with the Giants and the Redskins, there's going to be plenty of playoff implications in those last few weeks. That's That's huge for them. Yep. NFC North right now, very tight. Lions and Vikings tied at five and four. As the Lions have caught up to the Vikings, who have been in a complete freefall ever since the buys. Obviously, of course, started five and zero, oh, had their bye, have not won since. And it's the Lions' head-to-head victory over the Vikings that gives them the division lead right now. And then you've got the struggling Packers at four and five. It's not every day you see the Packers sitting at under five hundred, especially this late in the season. And then the Bears at two and seven. And we've already discussed the Bears. Uh, I think it's safe to cross them off the list. Um, but you know, it's certainly, certainly still a three-horse race. Green Bay has a head-to-head win over Detroit, um, but the Vikings have a head-to-head over the Packers. So. Again, this could be another division that comes right down to the wire. Um, and obviously all these teams very much in play for the wild card as well, if they don't win the all. Yeah, it's definitely looking like it, and I agree with you. The Bears are done. Um, they're toast. They're playing for a top-five pick. Um, Vikings and Packers. Vikings are on a four-game losing streak. Packers are on a three-game losing streak. So the Lions are definitely the, the only team trending upward. Um, if you look at the point differential, the Vikings have the highest one, but you can't trust them. They went up to five and one. Now they're sitting five and four, um, half game back from the Lions. And so they're going to have the opportunity to turn this thing around. Um, numbers are very similar for those two teams as far as home and road record. They're actually the same, both three and one at home, two and three on the road. So that may come down to their head to head matchup. If the Vikings win that second matchup, you know, then it's just a matter of, who gets more wins? And so they've got the opportunity um, to do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pr- predict that the Vikings win the division, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Packers come out of it or if the Lions come out of it. I'd actually wouldn't mind seeing the Lions, just because it's a little bit different to see some to see them. And if they could win that division, I'd be pretty happy for Detroit fans. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, it's, it's obviously been a long time since the Lions won the division, but. Um... You know, are they going to be able to hang on here for the last seven weeks? Or can Minnesota turn things around quick enough and uh, and retake control of the division? NFC South, you know, pretty close race. Falcons at 6-4, and four, but only one ahead in the loss column on Tampa Bay and New Orleans, who both sit at 4-5. and five. And even the Panthers... Not too far out of it, but uh, 
you know, still sitting at three and six. So I don't think we'll completely write off Carolina yet. Um, but obviously they've got to turn things around quickly, especially since they've already lost once to the Falcons. And like I said, Buccaneers and Saints right there. Um, Falcons, of course, have their bye this week. Saints and Panthers actually play this week on Thursday night. So that's a pretty important game. Yeah, for sure. And, and you talked about Carolina. They are on the brink of elimination. And I think that we may know the answer to that here this week. If they lose Thursday night football against the New Orleans Saints. Now, it's at home against the Saints, but they cannot afford to lose this game, simply put. They win this game. They're right in the mix for the wild card. I don't think they have a chance in that division. I do think the Falcons will run away with this um, towards the end of the season there. Easily have one, uh, the bigger point differential in the division. They actually have one of the highest points scored in the NFL. And actually, a quick glance, they have the most points in the NFL with 320. No other team has over 292 points. And so they've scored 30 more points than any other team, actually 28 to be exact. I think the Falcons easily win this division, um, although they have given up a lot of points. They've given up 283 points, so that defense is definitely vulnerable. But I think the Panthers, this is a must-win game this week. They lose, they're done. If they win, they're just keeping afloat in the, the wild card. I don't think that they're keeping afloat in the in the, uh, the chase for the division. So Buccaneers and Saints, a little bit disappointed, especially with the Buccaneers, that they've kind of been up and down. They're 1-4 at home. One and four. That's very odd to see from a young team. So um, I'm going to call this division for the Falcons, and it'll be interesting to see if they can go ahead and close it out. And they especially have some easy games coming up. I mean, um, you know, the Cardinals certainly aren't an easy team. Right. Uh, that's who the Falcons have coming out of their bye. Then they host Kansas City, which certainly, certainly will be a tough one. But then they're at L.A., and then home against San Francisco. So those are definitely two winnable games. Uh, and then they close at Carolina and home against the Saints. So, yeah, the Falcons handle their business. They should they should take this division. Uh, and over in the West, we, uh, we obviously already talked about how dominant the... Uh, how dominant the Seahawks have been so far. They lead at 6-2-1. They've got a two-game lead on the Cardinals at 4-4-1. Four, four, Rams at 4-5. And, and obviously the Niners just trudging along, eyeing that uh, second overall pick <laughs> at 1-8 uh, right now. Yeah, this is. I'm going to call this for, for both the Rams and the 49ers. I'm going to keep the Cardinals alive here. Honestly, I'm not sure why. Uh, we know they're great high-end talent, but Tyron Matthew hasn't been the guy that we've known in the past. He's still coming back, um, trying to get 100% after his major injury last year. Carson Palmer looks done. He just looks like stick of fork in him. Uh, unfortunately, just Father Time caught up to him very quickly, and he has just not been playing well. Their offensive line hasn't played very well. Um, schematically, Bruce Arians, I think you've got to change up what you're doing with Carson Palmer. I don't think this is a deep passing attack team anymore, which is just shocking to say. But that's what happens. Sometimes your personnel, things change with them, and you've got to adjust. And at 4-4-1, this team reasonably needs to possibly win out. 
to get to the playoffs. So they're on the brink as well. Um, with their matchup, like you said, they're, they're going to be playing the Vikings. So that's a really tough matchup. And uh, if they don't win this one, probably going to end up thinking that their season's over as well. But Seahawks, I think, easily win this division. Yeah, it's a, you know, definitely a big one this week, Cardinals and uh, Cardinals and Vikings. Loser, losers are going to be in a tough spot with just uh, with six to play. Look it over at the at the AFC. Patriots, of course, lead the East at seven and two. But your Dolphins, man, they're making quite the run. Yep. Built their way back up to five and four. Bills at four and five. Jets at three and seven. And uh, with the way the quarterback play has gone so far for the Jets, I think we can knock them out. Uh, Bills have been struggling as of late, and you know the fact that the two wild cards in the AFC both already have seven wins means Buffalo has a lot of work to do if they want to get into the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to have what it takes to get that work done, so I think we could probably cross them out as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you here. I'm, I'm going to cross out the Bills and Jets from this, the, this divisional race. Um, the Bills are three games back from the wild card race. They don't have enough games to make that up, quite simply. They're, they're chasing too many teams. Dolphins already beat them once. I think the Dolphins could beat them again. Um, the Patriots obviously going to win the division, but the Dolphins turned things around, man, a month ago, literally a month ago. This team was 1-4. And they look like they were on their deathbed. They look like it was a team that needed to tank and rebuild um, from the draft. And I said that, and I was wrong. I was wrong. This coaching staff has improved. Um, most of it has to do with the health of the team. The health of the team has made a massive difference, which that's not shocking. They've got their offensive line 100%. Um, now, this week they won't actually have a 100%. Laramie Tunsil will be back at left tackle. Uh, Brandon Elbert is hurt against the Rams, but I don't think that's going to matter. I think they're going to win and extend their winning streak to five games. Uh, but this could be a Houston Texans, a 2015 scenario where they start out poorly, hit the switch, guys get healthy, defense has gotten healthy, Cam Wake has been a monster, Mario Williams has been playing better, Kiko Alonso played much better last week, uh, Byron Maxwell is also playing effectively, so their stars are showing up on defense. So that's that's obviously a huge uh, a huge plus. So it was a star built team with little depth, and that's kind of where they're at right now. But I think the Dolphins have a chance. Obviously, they're a game and a half back in the wild card, so they're they're still in the mix though. Um, but I think the Patriots easily make the playoffs. Obviously, Dolphins are going to be in the mix. I'm going to go ahead and cancel out the Bills and Jets as well. It certainly helps that uh, they've got the Rams and the 49ers uh, in the next two weeks. So For sure. For sure. Two, there. Should be two easy wins. Yeah, it should put them at seven wins. And, you know, obviously the AFC West teams are going to beat each other up. So could potentially open the door if the Dolphins could steal one of those other games. Because you know, then they got Baltimore. Um Baltimore, Arizona, and then three division games to close the season. So, yeah, like you said, the way they've turned things around over the last month has really been impressive. 
And to think if the Dolphins were in the AFC North, they'd be in first place, or at least tied <laughs> for first place, because as amazing as it is to say, the AFC North is not that strong this year. As the Ravens lead at just 5-4, and four. Steelers are 4-5, and five. Bengals 3-5-1, and one. and then, yeah... Yeah, it's uh it's an ugly division. Ugly division and you know, I'm not shocked that uh the Ravens are I should say I, I'm shocked that the Ravens are in first, but I'm not shocked that they're not that good. Um so they actually have one of the lowest points for in the NFL, only hundred and eighty two points for. They also have one of the best defenses in the NFL, which that's not shocking. I I thought maybe the injuries and the reliance on injuries uh, guys with injuries coming off injuries would really cost them, but it hasn't to this point. They've only given up 160 points this season. That is actually good enough for second, uh, I'm sorry, third in the NFL behind just the Vikings and the Seahawks, and they're tied with the Cardinals um, for third there. And uh, and also the Eagles, actually, for fourth. So there's like a three-way tie there. So um, very impressive defense from them. I'm not buying them. I think that they probably are going to battle with the Steelers for the end of the season. I think the Steelers end up winning the division if Big Ben can stay healthy. Um, I'm not going to cancel out the Bengals here yet, just because, although I am definitely selling all of their stocks, obviously the Browns we've already written off, but the, the Bengals are close. The Bengals are really close to being written off. They lose another game here in the next two weeks, and I, I'm ready to write them off. Yeah, really, the only reason we're... Not throwing the Bengals out yet is because of how close they are in the division. Surprisingly, you know, only one yeah. back in the loss column, um, and they visit. The, they still have both games left with the Bengals, including the first meeting uh, in two weeks. So, Bengals not out of it yet, but yeah, they've definitely got to start winning some games, and that starts this week against Buffalo, and then obviously got to be able to beat. Baltimore as well. Plus, plus they have one more meeting with the Steelers, so they have opportunities, but obviously got to take advantage of them. AFC South, Texans six and three. Titans, not a not a bad season for them right now. Five and five. Nice little bounce back from having the worst record last year. Colts at four and five, so they're kind of hovering. And then the the poor Jaguars. We we thought this would be the year they'd at least contend for a playoff spot. Obviously, they're nowhere near a playoff spot. Uh, they're looking at yet another top five pick, and very well could be looking at a new head coach after this season. So um, I think we could scratch them out. I mean, they're you know like the AFC North. These teams are closer to the division lead than they are the uh, wild card. The Jack, I mean, at this point, the Jags are already five games out, or four and a half, five games out of a wild card spot, and mm. four games behind the Texans. And of course, they just lost to the Texans. So I think, you know, as painful it is for some people to hear because they were so hyped up, so hyped on them this year, so hyped up. Jags are done. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely done. I think that staff is done. The GM should be done as well. I don't know if it will, if uh, Caldwell will be, 
but he shouldn't come back next year. I, it's just, it's, it's, they've had a tough challenge, but missing on Bortles, you know, to this point, missing on the coaching staff, it's just, it, it doesn't say, it doesn't make it easy to keep your job. And I think it's fair to kind of start anew, let someone else kind of build with what they've kind of built up already. There are some positives to that roster, but they need a lot more. And um, the Jaguars are done. Colts are done, in my opinion. Uh, I know they're only two games back, so I may end up eating that one. Uh, but I just don't think that is a playoff caliber team. I'm looking at the Titans and the Texans. The Titans are just playing better football than the Colts are right now. I, I like what they've been doing. They've been incorporating more Oregon uh, concepts into their playbook. And it's been very helpful for Marcus Mariota over the last month and a half. Uh, the running game is working well. The defense is still kind of struggling a little bit. Schematically, they can't do much to cover those corners. The, the corners are just bad outside of Jason McCourty. Parrish Cox is awful. Bryce McCain is, is struggling. Um, the safety play has not been good to Norris Cersei, a guy who I actually liked out of Buffalo, um, has not been a good free agent signing for them. He's been all over the place. The Texans, though, I mean, I, I can't fully trust the Texans. They're 5-0 and at home, which is good. They have only scored 161 points this season. Okay, so for uh, for comparison's sake, that's only behind the Los Angeles Rams and the Chicago Bears. And yet somehow this team is in first place in this division. So they've scored they've actually scored 13 points less than the Jaguars and 103 points less than the Titans. Now their defense is stingy. They've only allowed 188 points. So that's a good, very good defense. It's actually less points than the Broncos have allowed all season. So for comparison's sake, it's very good defense. Um, but there, it's going to be hard to win games with a quarterback throwing for 99 yards a game every week. Um, so they've got to get that figured out. Brock Osweiler has to play better. Um, Brill O'Brien has to do a better job as well. So the Colts, I'm, I'm not going to fully cross them out in ink. I'm going to cross them out with pencil so that I can wait and see another week or two kind of see if the Texans stumble or if the Titans, both they and the, and the Titans stumble, because if they do, then the Colts have, an, have that opportunity. Two games back isn't the end of the world, but it is going to be tough. So um, I'm going to go ahead. I think the Titans win this division just like I thought at the beginning of the year, but don't 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 rule out the Titans. The Titans are, are a good team. And those two meet in Indy this week. So... Colts, uh, you know, and a couple key games coming up for the Colts. Three of their next four are at home. Uh, you know, Tennessee this week, Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving, and then they host the Texans. So win those games, and they're in good shape. But if they lose a few, well, could spell... Could start to spell the end for Chuck Pagano as well. You know, yeah. Very well be seeing two new head coaching staffs uh, in the AFC South for 2017. If things play out in a certain way. And then the AFC West, the best division in football, clearly, as you have three teams with seven wins. Chiefs at 7-2, and two, Raiders 7-2, and two, Broncos 7-3. and three. So All of them, of course... Very comfortably in the playoffs right now, whereas the Chargers are not. And the way they've been playing up and down, and just the gap they've already had, 
or the gap they already are facing in this division. They're pretty close. I think we'll do like what you said with the Colts, put them in pencil, you know, not completely write them off, but it's getting pretty close for the Chargers. I'm willing to go further. I am willing to put it in marker that they are done. There you go. Uh, it's just it's just injuries, man. It's injuries. It's too many injuries. They are the most injured team in the NFL this year. I've never really seen a franchise get devastated like this year in and year out, like the the Chargers have, and it's, it's terrible. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's just awful, man. And then after Philip Rivers' amazing four interception fourth quarter against Miami, I'm ready to write him off. And it's a shame. I like this team. I like their players. Um, I like a lot about them, but they're just not quite good enough. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to personally say that they are done. Um, and it's just partially because their division is just so good. Like you mentioned, you got seven and two Chiefs, seven and two Raiders, seven and three Broncos. As you mentioned, those are just going to be hard teams to stop. And, uh, really you can't give them a three game lead. So I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna back up, and and, and those three teams I don't think they're gonna lose that type of uh, uh, of advantage that they've already built up. So I'm gonna call that division as far as the Chargers are out. Now as far as who wins the division, I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Each of these teams is really good. Point. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it's gonna come down to luck as far as who they're gonna face and if anyone's injured. And it's going to just come down to um, timely football. And the Chiefs have been playing great football. They won five in a row. Raiders have won three in a row. Broncos um, had a bounce-back win last week. And so if I had to lean anyways, I'd probably say the Chiefs, just because I believe in their quarterback more than the Broncos. But I also think their defense is better than the Raiders. So um, I do think that the three teams do get in the playoffs from that, that division, though. I, I think that they end up getting both wild cards, which would be pretty pretty darn impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at the wildcard standings real quick as we were talking about the Chargers. It's not just having to catch up to those three teams, but they've also got five other teams in between that they've got to jump over. Yeah. They've got to pass Buffalo, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Miami just to put themselves behind Denver, at least the way it stands right now. So, yeah, and they're behind technically on the tiebreaker to Miami because they yeah, lost the head to head to head to head to head to Miami. Um, they're already well; they've already played five division games, and they're only two and three. So that's gonna hurt. Um, you know, obviously, they've already lost to the Chiefs. They. Uh, they lost to the Raiders and they split with the Broncos. So tiebreakers not working in their favor. They lost head to head to the Colts, so that's gonna hurt them. So uh, they're they're in pretty rough shape right now, to say the least. So yeah, I you know I, sure. I, I I might have to agree with you actually. I might have to go ahead and knock them out as well. So that's our so that's our take on the NFL and you know who he thinks in. So not too many teams completely out of it. So 
you know, still a lot of teams still in play, and obviously a lot of a lot of time, but things are certainly gonna jumble up as we get closer. Um, but I guess with that, I think we might as well go quick to talk about the college playoffs. New rankings came out. Surprise, surprise, Alabama's number one. Ohio State, after what was a crazy weekend in which numbers two, three, and four all lost, Ohio State moves up to number two. Michigan actually stays at three, and Clemson is in at four, just ahead of number five, Louisville. Washington fell to six. Wisconsin's at seven. Penn State is number eight. And I found an article... Uh, that projected the Bulls using the current rankings. Right now, Penn State would actually play in the Orange Bowl against Louisville. So Penn State's now in a good position to play in the New York Six Bowl. Uh, Oklahoma at 9, and then Colorado in at number 10. And the other thing I noticed is that they actually moved Boise State ahead of Western Michigan for that group of five spots, which I found pretty interesting, even though Western Michigan still undefeated at 10-0. But, uh, you know, obviously it just shows that this is very fluid and things are going to change. But, uh, so, uh, what, do you, what do you think, man, after what was a crazy weekend and looking at the top four now and who's on the outside, what are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, my big qu- I mean, it is just a crazy week in college football. But, I mean, my main takeaway is how will the committee handle it if, Ohio State wins out because then it'd be like you said it's Penn State in the Big Ten title game, not Ohio State. And then if Penn State wins that game against Wisconsin, do you have two Big Ten teams in? That's the fascinating question for me. Will you have Penn State jump over Washington, over uh, Louisville? to get in because if you do I mean that's perfectly fair I I understand however having a two loss team jump one loss teams I think Ohio State would would surely have to be in so just because I mean they went out they have the strongest uh, resume in the country even with that loss so I I don't know, man. I personally, I want to see, and this is nothing against Penn State at all. I just want to see Lamar Jackson in the college football final uh, playoff series. So maybe what we need is that we need Clemson to lose too, so that that way, because if if Penn State wins the Big Ten, any other year I think that they would deserve to get in. But now what they could also pull is say, well, Michigan beat Penn State. So if Ohio State beats Michigan and Michigan beats Penn State, but Penn State beat Ohio State, (laughs) I mean, that's a heck of a problem to have. Now, usually this stuff gets figured out in the end and things don't go according to plan. So either Michigan State, maybe Michigan State beats both Ohio State and Penn State, and then it's not even a discussion. Or... You know, Penn State goes and plays Wisconsin in the title game, and Wisconsin pulls it out. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Football has a way of figuring it out. But um, it's a fascinating scenario, man. This is why we love college football right here. 
because we have no idea what's going to happen, and I love it. So I, I, I do. I would be disappointed though if, uh, uh, if Penn State is not necessarily cheated out. I mean, it's hard. I mean, two loss team. It's going to be tough to fit them into a final. Um, but if they do win the Big Ten, it would be almost a shame that they don't get in. But it is what it is. You know, if they only had one loss, they'd be in for sure. And um, it's just going to be a coin flip. I think it's really up to Clemson to to not choke. And and they did last week a little bit. I mean, they I, I was watching that game here before we recorded, and they had plenty of opportunities to win that game. And uh, and stop Pittsburgh, and they just couldn't stop Pitt from from advancing the ball just throughout the game. I mean, they they really had no chance. As well as the offense played, and as well as Deshaun Watson finally played, they just didn't have a chance uh, on defense. They didn't. That's not the type of defense we had come to expect from them. It is just pretty amazing that we're actually sitting here talking about the legit possibility of Penn State actually being in the college football playoff. Something that was unheard of. As little as like three weeks ago. Right. But here we are. But yeah, I think certainly what could be weighing Penn State down is the fact that one of, you know, you mentioned the two losses, and you go even further, one of those losses is to a team that's not even in the top 25. Now, yeah, that's a Pitt team that just beat Clemson, but unfortunately, Pitt is still not ranked in the top 25. Therefore, it's, you know, it's hard to count that as a quote unquote good loss. Right. If they were in the ranks, it would obviously be better. But because they're not, that could hurt Penn State a little bit. Um, you know, but obviously it's it's going to knock Clemson down a bit, which it did. But I think the committee got it right, putting them ahead of Louisville because of head to head, and we know that the committee clearly values head to head a lot. You know, so. But like you said, things are going to play the, play themselves out. You know, obviously Ohio State and Michigan still have a game to play against each other, so someone's going to get bumped there. You know, Washington still has to play Washington State. Uh, even even the group of five spots are going to play themselves out. You know, will Western Michigan be able to run the table? Um, Boise State still needs help just to get to the Mountain West title game. So a lot of factors in play, but. You know, like you said, this is why we love it, and we're anxious to watch it all play out and see what scenarios develop. Um, and so I think with that, I guess we'll uh, think that's a good place to kind of wrap things up here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in the college football world. Obviously, um, NFL is it's same story as usual. Really, we don't see the NFL slow down to the last two, three games of the season, and sometimes that's when the most drama unfolds. Um, not necessarily for every team in the league, as most of the teams in the league are, are eliminated, but uh, we're heading to a very fun end of the season, I think. And uh, you know, I hope it. I hope it is drama filled up through week thir- week seventeen. Um, so it's it's been a really good football season so far. I think the NFL has been very strong the last three weeks. And I'm hoping that it can continue to be that way um, as far as the product and the quality of product, which gets talked about a lot. So, um, But, yeah, man, I, I agree with you here. I think we've covered everything pretty well. Um, next week, 
Um, not sure if we're going to be recording. I know that your schedule um, is going to be pretty tough next week, and so just want to throw a heads up to the listeners out there. Um, thank you guys for your patience as we're trying to trying to work around some schedules um, throughout the season. Also, uh, if you're a fan of uh, the Miami Pod, we're trying to record directly after games. Um, myself and Oscar, his schedule's been uh, crazy. So if you're a fan of the Miami Pod, that's kind of what's going on with that. So throughout the week, it's been tough for us to record, um, specifically because of his schedule. So um, that's not a problem, though. We're here to talk football all the time on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys give us a, a maybe not a follow if you don't want to follow us that's fine uh, but at least follow the the page um, that we've got up we've got a Facebook page like the page follow the Twitter page um, and give Bill a follow for sure I don't necessarily need more followers but give Bill Bill some more followers he needs it um, he's doing quite well for himself don't get me wrong but that man needs more followers um, it's a good Twitter account especially for for the college football season especially. Um, I know I, I know I learn a lot from it, so I, I don't really watch college football or college basketball. So um, make sure you guys give him a follow. Thanks again for listening. That's right. Shout out to college basketball getting underway and number one already going down. Not oh, even the season. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I literally don't pay any attention to it. Who's number one or who was number one? I should say Duke. Duke already lost. That's Duke crazy. Lost to Kansas. <laughs> So by the time we were, well, if we record next week, you'll be looking at Kentucky at number one. But yeah, so not even in the, a week into the season, and we've already seen number one lose. But you know, when it, when it's against Kansas, you know, it can't knock it too much, obviously, especially on the neutral court. But yeah, yeah. you know, and appreciate that shout out, Ian. And like I said, always, always enjoy chatting with you guys. Yeah, the joys of working retail. Um, it's that crazy time of year. <laughs> it really is. You know, I'll be working late at night next Wednesday. I'll be working pretty late Thanksgiving night, actually. And then, you know, I'll obviously be there Black Friday as well. So uh, we'll see. But if we're not able to record, uh, we want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. You know, enjoy dinner with your family. And, of course, enjoy the games. Got some pretty good games, as usual, on Thanksgiving I know the Steelers are playing the Colts. You've got Minnesota at Detroit, and you've got Washington at Dallas on Thanksgiving. So you got three solid games there. Um, but again, so yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you go shopping on Black Friday, enjoy. Be careful. And uh, with that, I think we'll wrap things up. So again, thanks as always for listening. Really do appreciate it. And uh, until next time, guys, take care. We'll see you next time right here on GG.